0: Hi, I'm Miles Budimir, Senior Editor for Motion Control, and welcome to Design World's Technology Tuesday's podcast for June 2nd, 2015. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about industrial drives and controls from the vantage point of the uh, electronics themselves. Uh, I'm joined here today by Brian Fortman, who is the Marketing Manager at Texas Instruments for Industrial Drives and Automation. Uh, give you a little bit about Brian's background he's been in the been working in the semiconductor industry for uh, over 23 years uh, he's had various roles uh, throughout his uh, career including uh, business development uh, marketing and applications uh, engineering so currently in his current role here uh, I mentioned he's the uh, uh, the marketing manager for Industrial Drives and uh, Automation Group, uh, which includes uh, the C2000 family of micro uh, uh, controllers, offering worldwide uh, support uh, for for customers on that. Um, so, uh, we typically talk about on these podcasts. If you've been listening, we typically talk about motion control components such as motors and controllers and drives and so on. Um, This podcast, I feel, is a little bit different because we're going to be looking at not so much those uh, components, but getting down to more of the board-level, circuit-level world, uh, those devices that make the magic happen, so to speak, if I can use that phrase. So uh, Brian's going to give us uh, some insight here uh, today. So let me start, I guess, Brian, by uh, asking you about, I guess overall or maybe more general market-type trends. So what kinds of capabilities uh, are uh, designers and uh, engineers looking for in the next generation of uh, industrial drives and uh, motion controllers? Sure. Thanks, Miles, and good afternoon. Um, yeah, so I've had a
1: chance to uh, to really visit customers in all the major industrial regions of, of the world. And have uh, have really gotten received a lot of uh, a good insight into the uh, into the challenges mm-hmm. right, that, that they have today, and how to um, improve their overall. Whether it's a servo drive or general purpose kind of AC inverter or uh, what have you that's doing industrial motor control. And when it comes to capabilities, I'm just going to you know, generalize for a second to say that you know with their what they're always looking for, of course, is what all electronics uh, customers of mine uh, seem to be looking for: is is to reduce cost, right. uh, and not just not just always reducing the cost of something like the microcontroller or the or uh, the inverter uh, components themselves, which I, I think tend to um, dominate the bill materials. Right, mm-hmm. um, but to really look at at the overall. Uh, the overall system cost okay so um, there's a lot of competition in this space and so that's always a a very important uh, element in terms of the challenges you know that are are in front of them right Uh, the the other thing that I would that I would add I mean so outside of the, the, the system costs, and I'm going to lump in sort of system integration mm-hmm. into that sort of how you solve the cost problem. Uh, but the, the next thing that's, that's really kind of happening out there is they're, they're asking for, when it comes to capabilities, right, mm-hmm. they're, asking, uh, they're asking me for flexibility in a, on a number of different fronts. Mm -hmm. And that's because the challenges that that they have, right, are um, are kind of in an interesting state right now in that there are a number of new types of technologies that um, can help them get better performance with their drives, perhaps maybe in the current sensing uh, techniques and so forth. Mm -hmm. There there are new position encoder standards, of course, that are out there, in particular in the absolute encoder World and there seem to be a lot of standards, which sounds like there are no standards actually, right? When you've got a lot <laughs> of different uh, versions of those that you have to you have to deal with, right? And and of course there are different. Motor types, as you're, you know, well aware of, that can that can apply here, right? Sure, sure. Um, okay, yeah, but but then this gets gets layered in with a, a, a couple of other, you know, interesting things where they need to have some flexibility and and and, and sort things out. Also, you know, in the in the world of uh, real time communications, mm-hmm. right? In particular, right? So you've got a little bit of variety, to say the least, uh, you know, out there in that world, yeah. and then yet then you throw in this, these industrial safety standards, okay? And there's hmm. not just one. And uh, in a lot of cases, you know, there's a couple, even in a particular region, that you have to go support. Sure. So it's a big challenge, right? So you got diversity of motors and diversity of encoders and diversity of current sensing, and you got diversity of safety standards and, and real-time communications. And so all those challenges... And there are more, clearly, because uh, we can't forget they have to improve the performance right. of their motion controllers or their burners at the same time. Right. All those challenges, right? They, they you start piling those things up <laughs> it it starts to feel a little overwhelming. <laughs> I, I would be overwhelmed, right <laughs> uh, And then you' I mean of course, in your customers, and not every customer is the same, not every application is the same. and so the combinations. Of uh, those slices, uh, you know those different requirements that come out of each of those diverse areas uh, change from one place you know to the next to to, to the next. and sure. so, so so there's there's not only this element uh, in terms of the capabilities that they're asking from us on the on the control and the electronics control area mm-hmm. uh, of of integration and cost, but there's also, hey, I don't want to have to redesign every board or every system that I got to go do just to go support some single specific difference from one customer to the next what kind of flexibility can you offer Texas Instruments in this case right to help me have one platform that can go serve multiple purposes okay okay and then I want to go back and touch in that next one right so we talked about cost and, and the system integration elements in particular that, that are going on there and we talked about flexibility and let's go back and, and touch again on that. I think that third really key point is on the performance side and, and right. performance also gets back to you know to the value side of things as well right because yep. uh, generally they have more controller performance it's also going to impact your uh, your system cost but there's you know we're always trying to, to, to drive down to get as much performance out of as uh, low cost of a of a component, so obviously those things are always pushing in all three of those fronts that we just that we just talked about. Okay. So let me get into more specifics. If I just painted kind of a with with, with broad strokes there. Okay. The kinds of capabilities, uh, you know, we are uh, we are seeing uh, folks uh, looking for controllers that can actually integrate some of the position encoder handling, okay? okay, even if it's some specific standard. Today, they have to do that with external gates. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there there aren't any other microcontrollers that have some of these things built into them. Okay, um, we have we have uh, new current sensing technologies like sigma delta modulators, which are which are very cool because they ha- can build in the reinforced isolation so that. Um, you know, they they can acquire and then transmit a digital representation over the over the air gap, right? So mm-hmm. they can be right next to the current, um, uh, you know, the, whatever shunt resistor it is that they're, they're measuring, as an example, yep. and then transfer that information over to the cold side in a in a, in a digital fashion. Well, the, the challenge there is you have to be able to decode that somehow, right? You have to filter it typically before it makes any sense for any algorithm to go. Uh, use as mm-hmm. as an input, right? So, so there's a, uh, more opportunities. Those are, those are uh, generally think filters that are that are used, and so there's an integration uh, opportunity that's that's happening uh, happening there. Okay. Um, and then some of the other, uh, you know, other key areas, of course, are just in more performance and and more precision. So, uh, in particular, with uh, on the motion side of things, as you would expect,
0: yeah.
1: Um, there's a there's a Ever increasing demand for more, more mips, mm-hmm. so to speak, right, yep. and and more quality mips, or, and and then of course floating point uh, operations to go to go along with that, and so there's extended push for higher resolution, um, and that includes even on the analog sensing side. So we're okay. seeing a trend towards things like sixteen bit ADCs. Okay. Uh, Right, high high speed and still mega sample plus kind of capable sixteen bit ADCs, um, and we're seeing you know requirements that are again you know eight hundred and 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 higher uh, MIPS mm-hmm. that 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 these guys are asking for, right? And so they've got some obviously they've got some pretty uh, hardcore <laughs> uh, kinds of motion algorithms that they're layering in on top of just your sort of standard. Uh, torque and speed control, right? right that right. that's going on to require a lot of, a lot of performance. Okay. So those are those are some examples, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. Of, of 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 those key areas, we see that uh, the kind of capabilities that they're looking for uh, today.
0: Okay. Uh, so then let me uh, let me ask you this. Then I mean, having set it up, you know, in that uh, in that way. Um, so then, what are what are chip companies? I mean, you're obviously with uh, TI, right? So. Uh, chip companies that uh, design microcontrollers, microprocessors, um, uh, FPGAs, even as well. Uh, what what are they doing to, I guess, match these these uh, these needs for you know for greater uh, you know faster system uh, response, greater precision, maybe uh, you know uh, those general performance parameters, I guess that you that you touched on then. Sure. Yeah, well, I
1: think it's it's not just performance; it's also it's also in that flexibility and integration side of things too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that are that are you know that are that are really important, and and so um, one thing I'll, you know, I'll just add, right, is is that as I mentioned before, um, things like sync filters to receive the digital information from a sigma delta modulator, mm-hmm. um, right? So there's a Beginning in the market of those, those filters being integrated on chip. Okay, so we're so we're actually uh, bringing those onto our MCUs in this space, and you know, like I said, traditionally those are those are gates that you could put into an FPGA. Right. Frankly, didn't didn't have any other way to really, really solve that in the in the past. Right. Um, some of the other some of the other key things that are that are also going on is. I talked about tick timidbit ADCs i mean in particular in in the motion and high performance servo kind of world mm-hmm. uh, we're definitely seeing a that 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 trend and we've actually integrated those onto our latest um, family of uh, of microcontrollers the c two thousand F twenty eight three seven X family of, of devices, Delfinos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so that level of of integration and, and, and performance is, is is on our MCU. Uh, and then, um, the other kind of kind of key area that um, is is coming uh, very soon, uh, and it's kind of like that Sigma Delta filter and and, and how you need to interface to that. Is what's going on on the on the position encoder space, and so mm-hmm. the um, traditionally, right? If you were uh, interfacing to an uh, an NDAT based encoder, like from Heidenheim, right, sure. or sure. if it was this or mm-hmm. Hyperphase or the Tamagawa encoders and so forth, you know, you'd have to either try and bit bang that serial protocol, mm-hmm. which isn't. Efficient ever, right? Not a great use of, of your CPU time, right? Or you'd have to have some additional logic out there to go to go handle that. And those encoder providers have provided reference gate designs, right? The mm-hmm. that you could then put into an into an FPGA and so forth to go to go handle that, right? And so today we are. Starting to roll out um, the capability of supporting position interfaces integrated into our microcontroller. So we already have a quadrature uh, encoder interface, and we've now integrated a resolver interface on, onto uh, onto our devices. Okay. And um, and I'm just giving a little bit of a, of a sneak peek. Um, as we get to uh, to later in this year, I think uh, we'll be we'll be showcasing. Um, uh, uh significant new advancements in terms of on-ship support for, for encoders directly. Uh, and so that's going to then allow the customers to um, like an FPGA kind of, okay, mm-hmm. it, to have a programmable interface, okay, so that in one case it can be maybe interfacing to a QEP, but the next time maybe it's interfacing to an NDAT encoder or mm-hmm. the next time to a bis encoder or the next time to an analog style one like a resolver or a sign close, okay? And so okay. that's that's flexibility, right, that we've integrated on chip to help get a lower system cost, but at the same time allow our customers to basically do one design, save the board space and so forth that, that they're also, definitely looking to save and the costs associated with that, and be able to support a, a number of different customers just by reprogramming. In our case, by reprogramming our, our MCU. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned a lot about how these um, these interfaces are being solved today with FPGAs, and those FPGAs will probably. Uh, it's continued to be around in a lot of drive, drive architectures. Mm-hmm. But if you think about some of the things I talked about, even though there are some s- standards and emerging kinds of standards, if I'm a drive designer today um, or a m- motion control designer, servo drive developer, mm-hmm. um, what I want to do is be spending my time on the differentiated stuff, right? What's the piece of my design that will help me charge more for my product, right? It's the performance of the motion, uh, actually, right? It's not how well or how easy you you hook up to one encoder versus the next, right? In the end, encoder interfaces or current sensing technologies, whatever one makes sense, right, they just kind of become table stakes, and you don't want to be spending, I think, your engineering time. Working on those kinds of things, if you don't have to, mm-hmm. go spend that engineering time making the best servo drive or AC inverter that you possibly can, right? And, right? and frankly, get those solutions for those other things from you know a company like TI.
0: Okay, all right. Um, so, if people want to learn more, obviously uh, they would visit uh, ti.com or some other some other website there as well.
1: Yeah, sure. I guess there are a couple other good places to start. One would be ti.com slash drives, D-R-I-B-E-S. Okay. And another great place would be ti.com slash C2000. That's c two zero zero zero.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time today, Brian. My pleasure, Miles. Thanks for having me. All right, no problem, and uh, thank you all for uh, for listening. Uh, you can subscribe to Design World's Technology Tuesdays podcast or just check out uh, some other episodes at soundcloud.com backslash design hyphen world. And you can always get the latest need-to-know engineering and motion control information at www.designworldonline.com, and we'll hope to see you all next time again. Thanks.